Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to the Church Planner Podcast. Before we started today, wanted to tell you about a really special opportunity. Our friends at the Micro Church Conference put on by Brave Future, um, happening April 18th through the 20th in Kansas City. This is for all of you who are wondering what is a new kind of paradigm for missional church planting and church multiplication through smaller expressions of church, what they call rediscovering the smaller way. It's happening April 18th through the 20th. Kansas City is being hosted by Kansas City Underground. It's going to be a great weekend. And they've given us four free registrations to give away. Normally the price is $90, but we will get you into the conference for free. We have four of those. What you can do to enter is go on our Instagram at Church Planter Podcast. And there you'll find um, a, a DM button. Click that DM button. Send us a DM with your email on it and your name and where you serve. So email, name, where you serve, and you'll be entered to win one of four micro church conference registrations. You just get yourself to Kansas City and uh, you can be there and learn a ton from our friends at Brave Futures. Hope you enjoy the show today. The illustrious Jabba bids you welcome. <laughs> I'm going to regret this. I'm Pete Mitchell. He's Peyton Jones. And this is the Church Planner Podcast, brought to you by Church Planner Magazine. Hey, church planner, this is Pete Mitchell. And this is Peyton Jones. With the velvety voice, Peyton Jones. Yeah, I, I, I sound like a cake taste, rich and smooth. <laughs> they don't know this is the third time we've started the podcast <laughs> because we keep, like, our metaphors are just, they're not working, they're, they're uh, they need to be Some redone. of them are just wrong. <laughs> So, so here, here's what's going on, guys. Um, we are using actually a professional grade uh, recording uh, for recording two people in two different locations. So I'm hoping that that velvety Peyton Jones voice you just heard is going to be a regular thing on the podcast moving forward. Because nice, yeah. I mean. You you sound you sound almost like I should be listening to Love Lines at midnight right now. That's that's the kind of host you sound like. So uh, tell me about your problem, Pete. <laughs> what what seems what seems to be giving you difficulty right now? Oh man. So uh, so anyway, uh, moving <laughs> okay moving right Rock. along. What's new with you, man? What's going on? Well, I tell you where what's not new with me is I'm not at Star Wars Land. Yeah, uh, are you going to that? No. <laughs> not not anytime soon because first off it costs a million dollars and then when you get in like okay, so my annual pass ran out. And when I go to um you know, Disneyland with my kids, we're riding back on the bus. And uh, you know, cuz my daughter she gets to ride on this cool little bus and so we bypass the tram. And the bus driver's really cool. He's like, hey, who's going to Star Wars Land? And this was like on the Wednesday before it opened. So if you saw any of the videos, if you're an Uber nerd, you watched, 
you know, the, the part where they were on stage uh, Wednesday night. And Lucas was there, Harrison Ford was there, Mark Hamill was there, Chewbacca, well, a guy in a Chewbacca costume was there. And, you know, everybody was there on stage and um, they shut off these fireworks. And I was sitting at Rivers of America waiting for Magic or whatever to start up. And I saw that and I remember thinking, why are there fireworks going off right there right now at this time? It was that. You know, it was that big, you know, boom, boom over in Star Wars land on the other side of the rocks. And uh, but anyways, on the on the way back, the guy's like, oh, yeah, today's the day. All the employees are in there. Anyone coming back from that? Nobody. How many of you guys have passes for a couple days from now? Uh, a lot of people raise their hand. I was shocked. And he goes, what time? And I remember kind of my head cricking to the left, like, you know, what, what do you mean? What time? And the people said from two to six. So, like, I don't know how much these tickets were, but I know they were more than normal admission. And you get to go in for four stinking hours. And I kid you not, the guy goes, well, make sure you get in to see the cantina. That's the hardest thing to see. Um, If you get there, right as you get in, you should have enough time to get through it by the end of the line. And I thought, oh, no, 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 no. I ain't paying that kind of money to go to one thing and buy a drink at a counter. Mm-mm, not happening. <laughs> buy an overpriced drink. Mind a you. blue, a blue soy milk with a little bit of um, like like mango in it. That's what they do. Oh, cool! I got my mango uh, soy milk. Ah, uh, yeah. I'm not, I'm not doing the uh, the soy milk. But but really. To be honest, I think they should have like a dispenser. Welcome to the Church Planner Podcast. Today's topic is mentoring your uh, your intern, by the way. that We, we should give a, a shout out to the topic, so you know if to stick around. If you're new here, um, we will get to church planning. But first, I want to talk about the dispenser for the blue milk, which I think ought to be that big walrus thing, and you squeeze its nips, and it comes out. <laughs> Welcome once again to the Church Planner Podcast. You know, you just go up and you squeeze that thing like Luke did, and you fill up your cup. Oh, that would be rad. Like, if I designed Star Wars Land, I would totally put that. I would also um, make so you could, like, put people in the guts, like in the kids' player. You could stuff your kids inside of Tauntaun guts, and it would smell terrible. I saw and there'd be great, showers nearby. I saw a great meme on Facebook where the guy was like, yeah, if they stuck me in a Tauntaun, I'd be kicking my leg out because I'd be too warm. <laughs> I was like, dude, that's so me when I sleep. That's so true, dude. That is so true. And, uh, you know, the, I, I bet, I bet, like, if you did Star Wars, like, video games of the original trilogy, you could have, like, that challenge where, like, Luke's limbs keep popping out and you got to pop them back in and you get, like, extra points, like a bonus level. That'd be rad. That would be rad. Yeah. And then, and then, like, Ewok herding. You know, it could be all these cool. Okay, so this is where they blew it on Star Wars Land. By the way, um, welcome to the Church Planner Podcast. By the way, you're getting really hot on your planning. mic, man. So you need to like move your face away or turn your oh, mic down. It? Okay, how's that? It's better. How's that? Oh, you know what? Because I turned it up for you earlier. Because you were like, you sound so good. I want to hear more of you. Well, so that's, that's usually what I say to you. <laughs> so, so how's that? Am that's I good? better. Am I good? Yeah, you're good. So uh, I hope I'm not overpowering, like, you know, now that I sound so good. <laughs> Moving along. So <laughs> I don't want to start this over again. <laughs> I, so, I, this is like, going to be like number four. We're going I'm, for it. 
I'm, I'm pretty taken with myself sounding so good. This is, this is amazing. It's like new days. So um, anyways, you know where they blew it, though? And you'll totally agree with me on this. Um, they did not pick an existing Star Wars location that we all know about, which I don't mind. But they blew the opportunity to put us in uh, Jabba's Palace. Like, I needed to walk through Jabba's Palace. I needed, like, a skiff guard ride. We're going over the dunes, and there's Sarlacc pits, and it's like you're going to fall off. And I needed that. But I needed a walkthrough experience where I start off. I'm in Jabba's room. He's a giant animatronic. You know, we drop through the trap door. We go through the ranker pit. There's a giant, you know, animatronic ranker trying to grab us. Like, you know that would have been the ride. And then you go through on the sail barge. Then you're on the sail barge. And then, you know, like I said, it's pitching back and forth because cannons are shooting it. And kind of like on the Pirates of the Caribbean, you got the ships on either side. That would have been rad. And I just, I think they kind of blew it, you know? Well, that's Disney for you. Disney really doesn't know how to entertain people and, and, uh, and, and provide them value. No, not like us, man. No. Welcome to the Church Planner Podcast. <laughs> Well, we know how to entertain and give you value. Hey, we kind of do do that. Okay. We do. Uh, some people don't find it entertaining. They get in here and go, oh, just stuff this, man. I'm out of here. <laughs> well, we have had people who are way too serious for this podcast. Hey, do we got any reviews? Not any reviews, but did you like that, uh, that one person who Facebooked us and was like, I'm so glad you're staying. <laughs> We won't say everything else that he said, because it was a private Facebook. <laughs> it was a private Facebook indeed, but uh, yeah, apparently we uh, we made some people happy out there. So if you're here, Pete and I were going to um, hand off the podcast, and we, we've repented of that foolishness. I kind of feel like I kind of feel like it was a new Coke moment, you know, where Coke's like, hey, we're coming out with a new recipe. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Thanks for buying all of our Coke, and now you love us even more. That's right, man. But now it's like vanilla Coke Cherry Zero. Oh, dude, you okay? You're gonna, you're gonna. I, I don't know what you're gonna think. So, I got a new topic. You know how we had the charger for several months? Uh, it's yeah. been guns for like the last year and a half. A pretty a longest running, like heavyweight contender, big time. No doubt, no doubt. I, I have a new topic. I, I kind of. Don't know if it Me. should be the topic that I'm going to bring up. But, you know, here's my problem. Whenever I've got something that's on my mind, like, all the time, that's just what I talk about. Like, of course. That's that's my my groove. So, um, and, and you made me think of it with the new Coke and all the Coke flavors. All right. Here's the deal, oh. guys. Uh, I've been, uh, you know, for the last couple of months uh, attempting to uh, to get back in shape. Uh, for those of you who know me, no, I'm definitely out of shape. I mean, there's no, mm. there's no hiding that one, right? I mean, this is full you, circle because this goes back to the speedos conversation. So carry on. I don't even remember that conversation. That was but a, that was our first thing we were talking about. Oh, not speedos. Sorry, um, <clears throat> underoos. Totally mm, different. Yes, comic yes. book themed speedos for children, but but now they make them for adults. So uh, clarification. But carry on. So here's the deal. Um, so I started working out again and been doing that consistently for the last few months, right? So I'm in the zone, right? Dropping weight, you know, uh, feeling really good about about that. Because whenever you, you start 
you know, exercising and uh, changing your diet, you want to see some results. I mean, you're not going to get fit overnight, but you want to see something. That's that's what gives you the encouragement that you're on the right path, right? Because without right. that, it's like, why am I starving myself? Why am I doing all this if I don't get any results? Right. So, uh, so hey, man, I'm I'm like feeling good because uh, I had I literally had to drill more holes in my belt, right? Because it just was too big. No way, dude. That's oh rad. yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen so, you in a while. I need to see you. Dude, there's nothing you wouldn't even notice. Like that's that's how out of shape I am. Like it's going to take another 20, 25 before you even notice there's a difference. So, um like when I went to Phoenix last month, uh I I normally got to bring in another conversation. I normally uh wear my firearm uh in what's called a in inside the waistband uh holster. And I was speaking and it was like, I couldn't wear it there because I didn't want to freak people out. Like in Arizona, you can actually open carry. So if I took off my coat, it wouldn't have been illegal if people saw my firearm. But I'm like, you know what? I'm in a room with, there's going to be just a ton of people here who are uncomfortable around firearms. So I was using my ankle holster, right? Because I still got to have it with me. I, I just didn't want to wear it on on my side. And literally... I didn't have time before I left to drill holes in my belt. I had to go to Walmart to buy a new belt because my pants were almost falling off, right? Because they just weren't tight enough anymore because the, the belt didn't fit. So, you know, stuff like that. Like, you have all this this encouragement, right? You know, I'm on the right track. Things are working. And then, um, you know, then for like a week, basically nothing, right? And I'm like, dude, why... I'm, Excuse me. I'm always hungry. I'm always starving myself. Uh, uh, you know, and it's like discouraging. So I, I kid you not, man. I'm I'm like on Netflix one night. Jamie's like, oh, I gotta go to bed. So she goes to bed, and I turn on this documentary called Fed Up. Have you ever seen it or heard of it? Mm -mm. No. Hosted by Katie Couric. Now let me just preface this by saying. I, I'm not a doctor. I don't even pretend to play one on TV. I, I don't know enough about this stuff to know what's true and what's not. Like that's to me one of the the hardest things in uh, in health is you never really know what's true because true. everybody's got their opinions, and then you know one guy says one thing this year. I mean, you remember for decades when we were kids, eggs were like so bad for you, and they're like don't have more than two a week. And now they're like, oh, you know what? We screwed up. Eggs are actually Eat just fine for you. Now. Yeah. So, I mean, I have very little faith in the health community that they actually know what they're talking about. But I'm watching this, this documentary, and I will say this. I don't know if this is legit, but it absolutely resonated with me. So Katie Couric's hosting it. She's like, look, my whole life... You know, it started out as like these these rare oddball cases, kids with type two uh, diabetes, and and now it's like commonplace in America. What happened? And so, you know, they basically go through the story, and they're like, um, well, the problem, the thing that that really caught my attention is this one guy goes, "When is a calorie not a calorie?" And I'm like, "What the heck is he talking about?" And he's like, "You know, basically." In a laboratory, they 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 got to test, you know, what's the the caloric uh, value of all the different foods and stuff that's sold. 
And he goes, but that's in a laboratory. He goes, our bodies aren't laboratories. And so our bodies don't actually process things equally. They don't process them the same way. And so he gave the example and you being a nurse, you would actually be someone whose opinion I'd value on this because you would understand this a lot more than me. Um, He basically said that uh, when you have sugar, your, it immediately goes to the liver and your body's pumping in insulin and then it's used to put it into fat right away. Right. And basically his point was, he goes, that it doesn't even like, like you're, you're starving yourself. And so they go through all this whole thing about, uh, you know, how addictive sugar is. And, and oh, I mean, yeah. I think we all kind of know that on some yeah. level. I yeah. mean, if you eat sugar, you, you, you know it. But what was like astonishing to me is they they basically went okay when the 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 whole health food craze started you know fat was the big evil thing they're like oh don't eat fat don't eat fat and so they started taking fat out of the food and they started putting in sugar because it tastes awful when you take out the fat right and so he's like you know basically everything's got sugar literally yep. everything. You know, your breads, your all this stuff. And so, uh, you know, I'm watching this and it all of a sudden it it like clicks to me. So one of the things they're saying is, you know, that's part of the reason why you're always hungry is because your your mind is literally addicted to the sugar and it's craving the sugar fix. And and I'm thinking, okay, you know what? I'm always hungry on this diet, like always. And I know I'm not eating right, but what I'm doing is what they've always said for years, which is calories in, calories out. Like, I'm just counting calories. The problem for me is that those calories in are crap calories. Right. And so it doesn't matter. Like, calories in, calories out is not the magic formula at all. I mean, you still got to be, you know, cautious of the calories in. But, like, like the point that, that it gave was... Um, and I don't know if this was in the movie or in the, the book that I read afterwards, because the problem with the movie is they gave no solution. They just said, here's the problem. Sugar's in everything, and it's technically a toxin, and uh, you basically, the amount that we eat is absurd. And like you basically, every time someone comes out and says, hey, this stuff is bad for you, the food industry just goes crazy, goes ballistic. Right. right. And I'm looking at this going, because like they classified, I don't know, it was like ketchup as a vegetable. Like they, mm. they got, they lobbied the government to get them to classify some sauce as a vegetable. And the, right. you know, and the guy who's being interviewed, he's like, it's not in my house, but yeah, the government did that and blah, 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 blah. So long story short, right? There's no solution in, in the movie. So, um, so I, you know, I go What's to their corn, website. Man. It's corn syrup. That's that's oh, yeah. the chief crop that that we do in America. So we put freaking corn syrup in everything. Everything. Um, yeah. And and the the funny thing is is you know it's where some people are doing that keto diet, which is terrible for you, by the way. Is it really? Um, well, it is because what it what it tends to do is um, people start having problems with high blood pressure. So um, God did design the body to need carbs and to have carbs, but. You you know, the paleo is probably, you know, everything in moderation. Like if you go extreme paleo, it's not good because if if you're if if you come across like potatoes or carbs or whatever as a paleo, you're gonna mow them down. Like you you have to have carbs sometimes. And you you know, you've gotta you've got but the keto thing 
is, hey, let's just eat fats, high fats and protein. We know that's not like just logic tells you, well, your blood pressure starts spiking and there's different reasons for that over time. And so a lot of people get on, they, they start going to the, the doctor with those problems and they say, well, get off keto. What are you doing? Right. Um, keto, if you do it, is great for a reset and good for a time. And then one of the things that I did for Lent, because everybody knows that, that Baptists do Lent, Lenten fasts, <laughs> um, I, you know, it's just something I, I do every year with, with Andrea, is we went completely off sugar. And on Sunday, we'd have a little bit, no big deal. You know, that was our cheat day. But I swear to you, man, like last night, my daughter, she passed her junior lifeguard um, swim test. And we went out to celebrate, and I had a shake, and I was like, over at Ruby's, and you know how good those are, Pete. Oh, dude, And I was totally. like, I'm not, e- I'm not even enjoying this right now. Like, Really? Yeah, my body's just like, I don't even want sugar now. Um, alcohol, yes. Sugar, no. <laughs> just teasing. But, you know, the, the reality is that, you know, I, my body's like, yeah, I, I don't. So when you reset and you get off of that, it, it not only do you not crave it anymore, but your body, because I'm now like, yeah, I just don't eat sugar anymore. I'm avoiding it. And then, and one of the ways to do that, you hit on that point, is there's a rule that says never eat out of a box or a bag and you'll be fine. So if you, you know, you're eating your eggs, you're eating, you know, you're eating, um, you know, you pick up meat at the supermarket, boxes and bags, that's, that's where you're going to have a hard time. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean that's that's essentially what I've what I've come to is you know, I, I went to their website, went to this this doctor who I guess he's the guy who did the Daniel plan with Rick Warren, right. which I always thought was like <clears throat> why are you having Rick Warren tell everyone to do the Daniel plan? The guy clearly needs to be on the Daniel plan himself. Like right. you don't expect me to tell you how to diet cuz look at me. I'm I'm out of shape. So don't take your advice from me. He he was the authority of the biblical part of it, I think. Well, but still <laughs> I'm just teasing. It doesn't I work, take your man. point. It yeah. does, you know what Which, I'm saying? Does, I don't I don't think he I don't think he was successful with the Daniel plan. I mean, I've seen well, pictures clearly of him. Not. No, no harm, like I'm I don't mean that in a mean way, right. but I don't think it worked for him. No, cl- clearly not. So, but anyway, so it was that doctor and he he wrote a book like I don't even remember what it was called, but I think it was like, you know, the 10 day sugar detox or something like that. And, but it really captured my attention. Cause I was like, okay, this is the problem that I've had. And I've always had it my whole life. Like when I was back in college, um, I lost a lot of weight really quick and did massive damage to my body and didn't know it at the time. It reared its ugly head about two years later when, um, I basically almost died, had to have my gallbladder removed. And if it stayed in a couple more days, it had already turned gangrene. I mean, I, I would have been dead. And, um, so, I mean, I never learned how to eat properly, right? I always was hammered with the calories in calories out. So if the calories in are crap, doesn't really matter because I'm spending more calories out. Right. And that's just not a healthy way to eat. So, uh, so I read his, you know, 10 day sugar detox. And then I was talking with my buddy Wayne, who's a, a bodybuilder and he knows all about this stuff. And he's like, yeah, no, you know, what you really want to do is get like a, a glycemic index book and, and really learn what are the, the glycemic index of the different foods that you're eating. But kind of right. like what you just said, 
if it's basically processed, I'm not eating it. Right. And, uh, you know, I, I really it's it's kind of funny. I've never liked sweet potatoes like something about a orange <laughs> thing that's sweet. is just weird to me. And I've never Star liked Wars it, food, right? dude. Come on. Dude, it is. It is totally Star Wars food. Never liked it, man. Ne- never liked it even remotely. Um, but that's like now a major staple in my diet, right? Because I'm that's staying rad. away from basically anything white, right? No more potatoes, right. uh, no more uh, breads. Um, I mean, it would have to be, you know, something that just doesn't have all the sugar added to it. And it's yeah. it's ironic, man, because like you said, and I still get to have sugar, right? I have it in my fruit. Right. And, and, you know, all these different things they go through, because I've always heard, oh, you know, the fruit's so high in sugar, that's bad for you. Well, because of all the fiber that's with it, it, your body doesn't process it the same way as if it's a Coke. And I think one of the things that really, like, I understood as soon as the guy said it was like, if you drink a, a 20 ounce of Coke, you actually have to run four and a half miles to burn that Coke off. Because of how it quickly hits your your uh, liver and the insulin and all that other, and I was like, I don't again, I don't know if that's true, but the visual in my head was like, no freaking wonder, man. <laughs> you know, I was just like, right. And it was something else. It was like a big gulp, or I don't remember what it was, but it was like you would have to do that every day for a week to burn off that big gulp. And I was like, dude, this is crazy. Like, right. This is crazy. So, I mean, I've already, I mean, I never really was a, a big soda drinker, but I'm like, dude, I'm never even touching this stuff. Like, this, that, that's out. But the whole reason I'm bringing all this up, because I know we're, we're over and we need to actually get into our topic, yeah. is um, literally this week, since I've been on my, my own version, if you will, of the, the sugar detox, which is basically just not having anything with sugar, just eating tons of vegetables, sweet potatoes, um, Definitely get to have uh, fats. You know, I get to have avocado, which I love. Oh, yeah. uh, eating fruit. Dude, I got four trees. Come over to the to the Jones house. I'll say come yeah. over to the dark side, and uh, you know the seeds and the nuts. And it, it was funny because like the first day, you know, I had this this uh, morning shake with uh, all you know berries and seeds and nuts and uh, and I really I was kind of like it's kind of nasty, you know. And dude, now I'm like, dude, this stuff is good. <laughs> like, it just tastes good to me. And the first couple of days, major headache, which I guess is the the sugar, you know, uh, withdrawal, if you will. Because um, again, it is it's a, it's addictive. Like everyone points to this one study of these these mice where they like gave them uh, sugar and they gave them intravenous cocaine, and they wanted the sugar more than they wanted the cocaine. <laughs> Like, wow. And they're showing yeah. it is more you know addictive I, I think than cocaine. Actually, wow. That's crazy, dude. And I, I think they're I think they're linked, man. I think they've done studies that show that um it stimulates the same response in your brain. It's just kind of crazy. Oh yeah, it doesn't surprise me. It doesn't surprise me at all. So yeah, so babies that um would like be exposed to cocaine um in the in the in, in utero would have intense sugar cravings that would yeah. replace. Obviously they can't get cocaine, but they'll have an intense sugar craving. Yeah. So, I mean, so, you know, the, the point of all that is to say that, uh, first of all, dude, being on this no sugar kick 
it is like melting the pounds away. Like, whereas last week, I'm all like frustrated. I'm hungry all the time. Everything stalled. This week, I'm not hungry at all. And it's just like. So this is what you and I need to do. We need to get Mac Lake on our podcast. Dude, that guy's Uh, too fit. He'll make me feel bad. Dude, that guy is an encyclopedia. Mac is like the body whisperer. You get around him, and he just starts talking about health. And next thing you know, you're in the gym, and you're eating right and drinking tons of water and getting enough sleep. And he's amazing. I remember bumping into a a couple guys and being like, oh, what happened? They're like, oh, I bumped into Mac in in Orlando like a couple weeks ago. Because I'm like, dude, you look great. You know, I swear to you, I'm not making this up. One of the best podcasts I ever heard was one that I did for the Sin Network with him. But we should get him on, dude, because this actually has a lot to do with ministry. Um, Mac, funny enough, was a pastor at a church in South Carolina. You know, they know how to eat, you know, over there. Oh, yeah. And he uh, he was watching a video of the, something going on in the church, like a dedication. And he laughed because it was a bunch of people up on stage. And he laughed and said to his wife, who's that really fat guy? And she looked at him funny and said, that's you. And he didn't realize. And often you don't realize, like, you know, how until you see pictures or, you know, yeah. we've crossed over a line. And so what what's cool is Mac is a dude where it's a lifestyle for him. And sure. so many of the the people out there now where they're like, Oh, Pete, you're doing it all wrong. What you need to do is come through my program and learn your body type. Not saying that it's not a more complex issue than people realize, but that's actually appealing to vanity. Um, the reality is what you're saying. You're learning the core, like the glycemic index, the the core principles of health and fitness and how the body works and process. If you know that stuff and you're not just trying to look good on Instagram, you're okay. You know, you're 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 getting healthy and. One of the key motivations, like I know Paul was healthy um, because there's no way he did this stuff that he did. And then Wesley as well wrote a medical textbook for people because he felt, I mean, it like, you know, into his 70s, he was still riding like 200 miles on horseback a day. Mm. I just read a biography on him and it was like nobody could have kept up with that dude. And he would tell these young men, he'd be like, hey, you need to take care of your body. There's no way you can be a circuit rider and expand the kingdom if you don't look after your body. So, um, yeah, dude, it, it's amazing. Um, and uh, if you guys want to, wanna, um, you know, uh, know the link there, the link to that ministry is huge. So, and, and we'll cover that a little bit. I've got another podcast called Ministry Ninja. We'll be covering, you know, three areas. One is how you think. So we'll cover theological things, what you do, you know, ministry, action, that kind of stuff. Then the last one's personal development, because that is a huge part of being, you know, a ministry ninja is boom, got to, got to develop yourself mentally, spiritually, physically, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. And people are into that now self-help and, you know, improving themselves. Hey, there's worse things you could do, right? Than improve yourself. Sure. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm totally with you. And, and, and I think part of that can also be the, uh, like you said, it can be the downfall, like with the keto diet. Um, you know, I didn't, didn't know any of those, those negative sides to that, but I mean, it's not like I really studied it all that much. I mean, the thing that, that for me really stood out was one, um, we, in America, we have this explosion of, uh, you know, obesity related, uh, health conditions. 
over the same time frame that we've been like trying to get in shape as a as right. a nation and, and oh this is a big deal. And so it really made sense to me when they're like, well, look at what they did. You know, they took out all the fat because they said it was bad and they replaced it with sugar. And then when you look at how your body processes sugar, it I mean, no wonder it's not working for people. And I was just like, wow. OK, now, again, don't know if it's true. Not a doctor. Not, you know, I, I don't know enough about that stuff. But I do know enough about my personal body and the history in my family to know sugar ain't a good thing for us, <laughs> right? right? Diabetes runs rampant. Sugar, it just it ain't a good deal. Oh, diabetes, man, that's that's something you definitely don't want. See, look at us. We're we're two old people. I turned forty six this week. It's like we're two old people sitting around talking about health now. That's what we do. Pretty soon, it'll be like we show death. up. Smack we'll talk all death. about surgeries. How do you want your death, casket? The good old days. You know, we're, we're already in danger of the good old days. I think we talk, we, we wax eloquently about the 80s far, you know, far enough. Do you like that meme I sent you with the Hulk this morning? Oh, dude, yes, <laughs> yes. I pictured you waking up and laughing your head off. So, yeah, you knew when you saw that look in Bixby's eyes, you know, his eyes turned. So you knew it was going down. Yeah, that so, was good. Hey, uh, so let's get into our topic. All um, right, hold on, hold on. Let me, let me uh, pull up Doc Brown here. Doc. Great Scott, it's time for this week's topic. Let's get down to the nitty gritty. That's what I'm talking about right there. Yeah, I think that smack talk, though, needs to be a topic on this podcast. But for sake of not misleading the listener today, because I was ready to go. I was like, let's get into this. But um, for, for, for you, listener, because we really do care about you. Don't listen to Pete. He's just, he's just grumpy in the morning sometimes. Oh, dude, sometimes? Sometimes? <laughs> you know what really makes me grumpy is when my uh, co-host doesn't show up for the podcast oh. on time. Oh, I, 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 I totally lost track of time. Not being arrogant. Just literally was like, oh, crap. So I was yeah. pretty sure you were going to kill me. Well, I so, was pretty sure I wanted to. <laughs> but I can't catch you yet. You got to give me a few more pounds and I can catch you. <laughs> That's right. Oh, I'm trying to. Th- oh, it'll be like uh, Skipper and Gilligan. Yeah, like, really oh, little bunny, right you'll, you'll take Skip- your. You remember when we used to take his hat off and start chasing him, whap, you know, like waving his hat at him? That's oh, what totally. it'll be like. Totally. Oh, dude, uh, please, uh, if you're out there, Brandon, please make us a meme. Dude, I got my son to start <laughs> watching Gilligan's Island. Oh, dude, you're, you're a stud. Yeah. That's right. He loves it. Just sit right back in your ear, a tale, tale of a people trip. I've got that memorized too. No light, no boats, no motor cars, not a single luxury. I know the whole thing. I, like I, I am. I have my head chock full of '80s useless trivia and information. So, um, okay. So g- going into our topic today. So how do you train an intern? It's kind of a um, a big thing nowadays to um, get a uh, an intern. And uh, you know, one one of the funniest things I've ever seen was the New Breed video where we put. You know, the guy goes, oh, I have two ministry interns. It's that one where we take the 300 um, Sparta video. And we, we, the guy goes, yes, you, you have them. And you've uh, made them pencil pushers for Jesus, uh, telling them that's ministry. And it's almost ruined them for it. And, 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 and what people often do when they get a, an intern is they just give them a bunch of admin. Here, work in this cubicle. Basically, they see it as like free labor. You know, oh, all the crappy things I don't want to do. I'm going to give that to an intern. And so uh, I've had a few interns. 
And um, my first intern who came over from the UK, I, I told him, I said, look, you're going to have to do some of that stuff because that's ministry. I told him, look, all the behind the scenes stuff you have to do. Like somebody's got to set up online giving. Somebody's got to do bulletins. Somebody's got, or, you know, whatever the equivalent of that is, announcements and slides or whatever it is, you know, somebody's got to talk to the park and recreation. Someone's got to deal with insurance. Someone's got to do And if you don't have Simplify Church, which we'll get to that in a little bit, but if you don't have all that stuff, which we didn't in the beginning, then, you know, somebody's got to do all that. So you will have a bunch of behind-the-scenes stupid stuff. So I think it's healthy to give an intern some of that, but you don't want to give an intern all of that and make that their job because what you do is you, you produce an office secretary. And so for the first intern, that was Barry, and he came out, and it wrecked his world. I mean, you know, coming out, he, he was frontline with Ruben in San Pedro. He was involved. He was preaching. He was doing cogs. He was, you know, doing uh, learning to do outreach and witnessing and things like that. And then as he um, went back, he started a church and a coffee shop, you know, and that was that. I mean, I went to that. It was cool. You know, it never got huge or anything, and then... Uh, he folded it down for a time to go work for another dude. And then some other dudes like, oh, I'm taking that on and going to run with that. So um, what was pretty cool is that um, as we um, look at doing interns, I think the, the core of it needs to be ministry, um, actual hands-on ministry. But the first thing you've got to do is you've got to figure out what are they here to learn. So if, if let's say Barry or now I've got Ben, Who's out here? Ben talked to Barry. Barry said it, it wrecked my my life and, and rocked my world. And um, I'm not the same dude I was. Basically, um, Ben came out and said, I want that. Sign me up. Right. So uh, he went to Refuge Long Beach. I said, hey, I'm going to be planting here in, in North County, San Diego. He's like, nope, don't want that. Want the Barry Waters experience. Well, that's what you want. You want a dude where he's like, man, I want what that dude had. He came back. He wasn't the same dude. So Ben has thrown himself fully in, but I had to first do the first thing, the first bit of work, which is what Jesus does with the disciples. He figures out what they want. So if you ever read in um, uh, John's gospel, where John gets, you know, John, John the Baptist baptizes Jesus, and when he comes up out of the water, um, he, he goes, um, you know, it says that the, you know, he's driven into the wilderness and then he comes back and um, John's there and he says, behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. And when that happens, um, it tells us Jesus walks away and John and Peter, or is it uh, uh, not John and Peter, it's um, John and Andrew follow him. And as, as they, 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 he turns around and he says to him, what are you seeking? Like, what do you want? And they don't know, right? They, they, so they throw out, oh, where are you staying, Lord? You know, like, they don't know. What they're saying is, hey, we want to spend more time with you. Mm. And, and often your intern doesn't know the answer. They don't know what they're looking for. What, they've actually, what they're actually looking for is they're looking at you. And the core of discipleship is, I like what I see in you. Give me some of that. So if I follow Chuck Smith or Billy Graham or Charles Spurgeon or any of those guys, Francis Chan, I would attach myself 
to those guys because I liked what I saw in them. And I may not be able to put it, but, but I'm saying I want to become like you. That's what discipleship is. I want to become like the master. And Jesus said when someone is fully discipled or a, a, stu, uh, a disciple is fully equipped, he will be, or fully trained, he'll be like his master. And so um, that's what Jesus was doing. He was making them like him. And so if you look at, at all of the different things that, that they are, that a disciple is, um, is someone who can go through hardship. You know, Jesus did that. Someone who can teach, Jesus did that. Someone who can spend time with people, Jesus did that. Um, you could just go through, look at all the things that Jesus did, and Jesus told them, hey, one day you'll do greater works than I've done. And that's because of the power of the Holy Spirit. But people don't know how to put that into, you know, put it into words. But you've got to draw that out of them. I like it, man. Is that, and, and would you say that's kind of, I mean, you know, because when we're talking about this topic, you're like, oh, I like that topic. Um, have you had an intern before? Um, I know it's a little different with ministry and, you know, things yeah, around No, there. I mean, it's, it's definitely different, right? Like, <clears throat> In business, everyone's looking for the money. How do I make the money? A, a, a ministry intern is a combination of how do I make impact and how do I connect with God on a deeper level. So, the like it's just, it's just, it's a totally different dynamic, and um, I think what's kind of interesting to me is. Part of what you described is basically the 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 live-in intern. I mean, they're not living with you, but both Barry and Ben left Wales and came here. So yep. they're totally, you know, fish out of water. And so you plug them into a church. That means everybody they're going to know, everybody they're going to hang out with is going yeah. to be somehow connected to the church. Right. And I... I, I find all of that really, really fascinating. Like, yeah. I mean, first of all, not not everybody can do that. In fact, I would say most people can't do that. Um, certainly married people, it's going to be very difficult to do. Not that they can't because you've had married interns do the same thing. Um, but it's difficult, right? I mean, yeah. you know. And then when you start mixing in kids and all that, I mean, it, it's a totally different ball game. So this is almost like, Hey, this is this is what a a single person. I, I almost kind of envision it as either someone in seminary or thinking about going to seminary. Like this type of internship would be the greatest thing that they could go through. Yeah, for sure. And uh, ignore the Cheerios being poured in the background, but um, but you know it, it's funny because. Um, it, it is really, and I th I think you know Jesus trained these guys for three years, and you know okay we have scripture and we have things, but we didn't have Jesus. I mean I do think internship takes longer than people think it does. Um, they say oh you know a year and you know two years or whatever, but I really think the end. I mean if I look back on my internship process, it was longer than I often think people need. Um, I start off as a, a youth pastor, 
had the college added to the high school group, had the junior high added to that, went to assistant pastor, cut back on some of my responsibilities, just did high school then, and or maybe it was college and assistant. Like, like my responsibilities broadened and lessened, but you know, they got deeper and more serious. And then I did that for years and I went and interned over at um, Lloyd Jones's as the evangelist, did that for a couple years, like then, you know, went out on my own and still made tons of mistakes, still got my butt handed to me. And, and so the, the time, if I just look at three years for Jesus, I'm not saying that you have to make a rule about that, but you got to get past this idea that we're going to do it for a year. You got to assess it. You got to assess it like every year. Like, where's this person at? Because don't get discouraged if that dude takes three years because the disciples did. I mean, the people Jesus himself trained took three years of training 24-7. And so when you're bringing up like, you know, the, um, you know, people with full-time jobs, can you disciple them? Yeah, you can. And, you know, maybe maybe you have someone that you're discipling in ministry. And, you know, the, the key is to have them shadow you. So if you're doing things, you know, when they're out of work, you invite them with you. And that could be stupid things. I mean, that could be like, hey, I'm going to go talk to this person about this, or I'm going to go talk to the city, um, or I'm going to, you know, go deal with this problem, or I'm going to, um, I hear chimes. Yeah, yeah. uh, you had someone doing cereal, I had someone knocking on my door. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so uh, I hope it's an Amazon package. Me too, because I'm not getting up. (laughs) So, um, so anyways, you know, that that's what it is. But I, I really think that one of the key things with this is you've got to look at, I would say, look at all of the different, um, roles of the apest, you know, what apostolically, um, you gotta, you gotta look at, you know, what are they? Are they apostolic? So my intern right now, uh, my intern before was, was more shepherd. Um, my intern now is more prophetic. So, and he's great. I mean, it's really cool having a prophetic guy, um, you know, because he, he's always, he's always like, you're talking, he's like, hmm, just thinking of that scripture that says, you know, and I love that, you know, he'll, he'll have like a burden or he'll, he's very insightful. And, um, but he can also go around and encourage. So like he comes into Refuge Long Beach. So I want to, you know, and he encourages. So I want to see him develop prophetically. Well, the prophetic role is also very much a frontline kingdom expansion role. He comes alongside existing works and infuses life into him and encourages him and gives him a second wind. And so when he's at refuge right now, that's kind of his role and he knows that's his role, but he's got to keep coming back and checking in with me to hear that. So Every week, and, and we don't have that long enough for me to give any kind of program, but you ought to always be stimulating his mind, um, you know, talking. So he and I talk constantly about Pentecostal theology, and, you know, um, I'll sometimes, um, like, when things will come up, he'll say, oh, well, Bethel says this. And I'll say, well, let's look at that. You know, let's find the biblical basis for that. Um, is there a biblical basis for this? Well, no, I'm not finding one. Well, let's look at where it comes from. You know, like things like the, uh, 
you know, you've made an, a contract or an agreement with an evil spirit type theology. We'll sit down and I'll say, well, that comes from a book called The Four Agreements, which is Toltec wisdom or, you know, shamanistic theology, which um, the Pentecostal movement grew in that back in such and such year when it hit the bestseller list in America. Someone read it and applied it to theology. It's actually pagan. It's actually occultic. Mm-hmm. You actually need to resist that. And so I'm constantly developing him and he's gaining those skills now because I'm able to balance him with some of my teacher, um, you know, gifting, and it, but but he'll also temper me, and that's what's great about an intern relationship, is you know when you figure out like let's say you're a teacher or a shepherd, and you get an intern and they're apostolic, they want to plant out from you. Well, what you've got to do is you've got to start feeding them apostolic stuff, which means you need to read apostolic stuff. And here's the cool thing is you need an apostolic person pulling on you as a leader. And so um, what it'll do is it'll get you out of your comfort zone. So what you have to be able to do at that point is go with them into areas where you're just holding their hand. If you're a shepherd, you're going to balance the apostle. Um, If you're a teacher... Um, not as much, but you know, it's not your area, but you kind of let them lead and you go with and you process with them and you help connect it biblically for them. And, and, but what it'll do is it'll show the shortcomings and blind sides of your own ministry. So if you get an intern and you're more of the conservative APES model, like teacher, teacher shepherd, don't try to make them a teacher shepherd. You know, find out, hey, what makes apostolic people tick? And how do I help them develop in their gifting? And maybe part of that is to, to couple them up. So I've got um, Ben right now. He's coupled up with a couple of different um, ministries in uh, around Long Beach in Orange County that are um, evangelistic, straight up evangelistic. And so he's doing a lot of training with people that do that nonstop on Wednesdays. And that's what he does on Wednesdays. Um, and it's helping to develop his frontline skills. So when he goes back to, to Refuge, which is a very frontline church, um, he doesn't feel out of his depth. You know, he feels like he has skills and he's learning, okay, these guys do it this way over here. It's not as effective. These guys are doing this, and I'm much more comfortable with that. And I think that's more effective. And I'm watching people come to faith. And he's learning and developing in his, in his roles and gifts because he's very evangelistic as well. So that, you know, and that's all we have time for. So, <laughs> well, it, you know, at least we used our time appropriately uh, with the false <laughs> start. know that we did. And well, you know, we could, we could talk more brass tacks next week, too. I mean, I, yeah. this is certainly something that I think we could just put a finger in that and say, Let's you know what I think we ought to do? Two. We ought to bring on Ben and ask him from the, uh, Yes. The viewpoint of the guy doing the intern. Oh, for what sure. What has been valuable, it's, what has not been valuable, what would he like changed, you know, the whole stuff. It's hell. It's hell. Save me. Call the police. <laughs> so, you know, you know, what's really funny is um, uh, there are three questions that I ask him almost every week. I didn't ask this week and I, and it actually stuck out to me. You didn't ask it this week, but my three questions always for him when we get together are what's going well. I let him talk about that. What's not going well? I mean, these are really easy questions, but they, they kind of set the tone for everything. And then the last one is, what do you think needs to change? And those are, those are just really basic coaching questions, 
but the amount of, of stuff we're able to dig into because I asked those three questions, if you're not doing that regularly with your intern, then you're really like missing kind of the core because they will direct, they will teach you and they will tell you everything that's going on in them. So yeah, let's do that. In fact, um, next week, uh, off of that, let's, um, let's do exactly that. Walk on the road, hmm? walk right side, safe, walk left side, safe, walk middle, sooner or later, get the squish, just like grape, here, church planting, same thing, either you, church planting do, yes, or church planting do, no, you, church planting do, guess so, just like grape. <laughs> Oh, that's... While you're doing all that training of your intern, what, uh, what, you know, how do you, how do you handle like all of the bookkeeping and finances and IRS complaints? You know, I'm glad you asked that question because uh, I use uh, EasyChurch.com. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine? Hey, we're going to come out and, and create a competitive organization to simplify Church.com. We're going to call it Easy Church. You better hurry up and buy that domain name. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> no, That's actually uh, uh, a really good domain name. <laughs> Holy cow. I wonder if it's, it can't be available. I bet it is. Wait, wait. If Easy Church is taken, we're just going to become Easier Church. <laughs> <laughs> I saw your Facebook thing where it was like hugs, and then it was like the rise of modern capitalism. The guy next to him, it says free hugs, and the guy with the sign next to him, it says... Uh, hugs or uh, deluxe hugs two ninety nine. <laughs> then well, you then, go, Pete Mitchell hugs twenty nine ninety nine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they got to be worth more than that because they're so rare. But they are rare. They are rare. Uh, love but back to your question, uh, you know, great question. What do you do when you got all this stuff going on and you don't really want to trust your interns with the money? Let's just let's mm. let them focus on other things. Uh, that's where SimplifyChurch.com comes into play. Yeah. All right. Well, SimplifyChurch.com. You heard it here on the Church Planner Podcast for the first time. SimplifyChurch.com. Check them out. And there's the train signaling us to leave the land of make-believe with Mr. Rogers and see you another week. This has been Peyton Jones and Pete Mitchell reminding you if you want to reach the ones nobody's reaching, you need to go where nobody's going and do what nobody's doing. I made my money the old-fashioned way. I got run over by a Lexus. Thanks for joining us for another weekly episode of the Church Planner Podcast with Pete Mitchell and Peyton Jones. We'd love to hear your comments on this episode of the Church Planner Podcast. Visit us online and let us know what you thought at churchplannerpodcast.com. If you subscribe to us via iTunes and have enjoyed the podcast, leave us a positive review. The more positive reviews we receive in iTunes, the more iTunes will promote us to other church planners who would benefit from this show. This podcast is brought to you by the Church Planner Magazine, which is available in the iTunes newsstand or online via churchplannermagazine.com. Church Planner Magazine.